0: This is the Stacking Days Podcast, the podcast about the healing experience of recovery for people of color by people of color. This show is for the purpose of education and connection and is not a replacement for therapy or recovery care. We suggest you seek out the support of a trained professional for guidance with your specific circumstance. I'm your host, Ray Donovan, and I've been alcohol-free since September 2021. Welcome to the show. Hey, 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 y'all. What's going on? This is your host once again, Ray Donovan on the Stacking Days podcast. I want to invite you all into the conversation today with a really special guest, uh, Keith Williamson. Um, For those of you who are maybe unfamiliar with him, the dude is a a boon of of inspiration on Instagram. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but I really want to give you a sense of, you know, where he's coming from, uh, you know what was his bridge, you know, to sobriety, and we can talk a little bit about his tools, his tricks, and really, at the end of the day, just be able to, to gather as much of Keith's um, energy as we possibly can. So, with that being said, I'll introduce uh, Keith. Keith, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me on the Stacking Days podcast. I'm very excited to be here. I was looking forward to it, and uh, now it's, it's, it's taking place at this very moment. So thank you for uh, creating such a, uh, a wonderful podcast. And, um, you know, I definitely believe it's going to grow and uh, it's going to make for an interesting conversation. Definitely. Uh, my name is Keith Williamson and I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina. I'm just go ahead right into uh, my, sharing my story. Yeah, please
0: do. Yeah. Tell us about, you know, kind of your relationship with alcohol and when it started and, you know, maybe when you realized that you had a problem, I mean, I know that you know your story, so feel free to share it however you feel most comfortable.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and was uh, born and raised in a two-parent working-class family home. I'm the youngest of four, and growing up, I only saw alcohol sporadically within our home. Um, my father was always the type to where he could like drink one or two beers and be done for the rest of the night. I've seen my mother and two of my three siblings have their challenges with alcohol before they finally overcame it. Uh, As for myself, I started out smoking weed in my senior year of high school. I grew up quiet and shy, so I figured if I started smoking weed with the so-called cool kids, I'd be able to fit in. I would often skip class with others to go get high, then come back on campus smelling like weed. Uh, But the interesting thing about that is I stopped smoking weed after I graduated high school because I felt like I didn't have to pretend anymore. I actually did wait until I was 21 to start drinking. And while in my early 20s, I would visit local bars with my friends to do some experiment tasting to find out which adult beverage would be my drink of choice. Wine tasted like what I imagined drinking shoe polish would taste like. And liquor tasted like what I imagined drinking gasoline would taste like. And mixed drinks gave me a stomachache for some reason, so I never got into drinking those types of adult beverages. But beer was a different story. I fell in love with it. Now beer also has an acquired taste, but it tasted a whole lot better to me than wine and liquor, and it did not give me a stomach ache like mixed drinks. No matter the difference in taste, I later found out that the damaging effects are all the same. I did not attend any 12-step program to stop drinking. I just became so disgusted with this weak and pathetic version of myself that depended on something that was so toxic to my well-being such as alcohol. I've had two stints with sobriety. The first time was about eight years ago. I've always been into fitness and aspire to be that middle-aged and elderly man the younger generation will, will look at and say, I want to be fit like you when I get your age. But because of my many years of beer drinking I had developed this big old beer belly and that would definitely prevent this plan from ever coming to fruition. So the main reason I quit drinking the first time was to get rid of my beer belly and get my six pack back. I was doing great at first, but as time went by, I started to feel like I was depriving myself of a good time and something that would help me to cope with the stresses of life. So after about four months of sobriety, I started back drinking beer again. A couple of years would pass and I'd meet this beautiful woman that would later become my wife. We had a brief courtship. We met in late 2014, purchased our home together, March 30th of 2015, Got married on a patio July 2nd of 2016 and welcomed our beautiful baby girl into the world on June 22nd, 2017. Now, I was already a stepfather to my wife's three kids, but this would be the very first time I would have a child of my own and, and experience the many phases a child goes through as they're getting older. During this time, I was drinking beer every day. Now, my wife knew I loved to drink beer, but she didn't know how much I really loved to drink it. I would often purchase the three pack of 24 ounce can of beers and sit it in the refrigerator and I would drink one every other day this way my wife would not detect that I was drinking beer every day but what she did not know is that I was also purchasing the 24 pack of beers and keeping those in the trunk of my car also known as my secret stash and I would drink from there every day I would often take out several cans of beer and just sit in my car and drink them and drink them and then when I was done I would put the empty beer cans up underneath the car seats. I'd also sneak some in the house and drink. And when I was done, I'd hide the empty beer cans up underneath the clothes on my side of the closet. And then I would go to our barn out back, drink some in there, and hide the empty beer cans in there as well. I'd often get messy in covering up my beer drinking tracks because my wife would often find empty beer cans laying in and around our home. She came to me one day and said, I found more of the empty beer cans. (laughs) I think we have a drinking problem. And of course, I was in denial and I said to her, no, I don't, because I'm just a beer drinker for one. And two, I quit drinking before and I can do it again. And that was that. I would continue to sneak and drink, sneak and drink, sneak and drink. I would often choose random days to go out to my car with an empty trash bag to clean out the empty beer cans I had placed up underneath my car seat. And the more I did this, the more I realized that I did have a problem because the, that, the empty trash bag got filled up with empty beer cans really fast. I'm a Christian. And during this time, I went to the Lord and asked him if he would take away my desire to drink beer and give me a whole new perspective on how I view it. And since then, and since the main reason I quit drinking beer the first time was to lose my beer belly. I figured I'd be able to scare myself straight for good by this time by doing research on all the damaging effects alcohol can have on one's life. I knew I was going to stop drinking one day, but I had no set date in mind on when that time would be. But fortunately, the day I had been praying for, the day my wife had been praying for finally happened on November the 1st of 2020. I went out to my car like I have many times before, but this time, you know, something felt different. I had a feeling it would be my last. I got out to my car and popped open the trunk, pulled out a beer and opened it and took a few sips and it tasted absolutely disgusting. I took a look at it and then I walked over to the trash can I have outside and threw it away. I then went back to my trunk, grabbed the rest of the beers and threw those away as well. And it was at that very moment that I took back my power from the can of regrets. And on November the 2nd of 2020, is when I started my second and final stint of sobriety. Uh, I feel so grateful uh, that because I feel like God is worth a miracle in my life because I absolutely have no desire to ever drink beer again. And my perspective on it has changed so much to the point where I get a feeling of disgust within a pit of my stomach whenever I come across it while out, while out in public. And I believe it's because I see it for what it truly is now, poison. And with a revelation like that, I can't help but be turned off by it. I became a man on a mission to lose my beer belly. I became obsessed with running. Now, I would only run three days out of a week. But in those three days, I'd run 30 miles. I'd also run a a solo marathon, 26.2 miles. And I implemented the 16 by 8 intermittent fasting diet into my routine. When I was drinking, I weighed a bloated 210 pounds. But after five months of running, I dropped all the way down to 167 pounds. When I was drinking, I was able to escape my fearful thoughts. But, after, but when I stopped drinking, I was left to there to analyze my thoughts. And so I figured it would be a great idea for me to start developing some mental toughness. So I d- started doing some things that, that scared me. I started taking cold showers, got into public speaking and faced my fear of heights and the water by learning how to swim. Alcohol no longer fit into the equation of this great man, great husband, and great father I aspired to be. So I became driven to live a purpose-filled, alcohol-free life. Now, in listening to my story, someone may say, oh, his addiction to alcohol was not that challenging because he was just a beer drinker. I just want to say that everyone's journey to sobriety it's different and unique and deserves to be treated with the utmost respect because totally. we all know how difficult it is to stop doing something that you've done for so many years of your life and transform it for the better. You know, some of us had to go to rehab to quit drinking. Some of us didn't have to. Some of us had, have had traumatic childhood experiences because of drugs and alcohol. Some of us have not. Some of us have, uh, have had run-ins with the police because of drugs and alcohol. Some of us have not. But yet everyone's journey to sobriety deserves to be treated with the utmost respect because you can always find hope and inspiration in anyone's story and apply it to yours so that you too can live a drug and alcohol-free life. Totally. Pretty much it.
0: No, totally. I mean, I, first and foremost, you, know, you don't have to validate your struggles, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like to your point, everybody's journey is is different, uh, you know, and everyone's mm-hmm. destination is different, Right. Um, you know, I, th- yeah. so I think that we just got to make sure that we're celebrating those who make the tough choice to do hard things. I mean, you, you, you know, you talked a- you, you, you dropped so much right in, in that, in that kind of recap of where you were, where you were versus, you know, where you are today. And I kind of just want to go back and just ask you some, some, some kind of more poignant questions around, you know, around your journey. Um, you know, I, I, I share in, in episode, episode one, kind of my own journey. And I think that part of what um, opened me up to two substances part primarily alcohol and and weed at the time was that I was also a shy kid right and I think that you know pair that with you know any type of trauma or external um, you know challenges um, that's kind of rife for a very uncomfortable child right and not to get in, in, into any more aspects of your, of your childhood but I mean what did what did alcohol do for you specifically um, as it relates to kind of like your shyness versus what we did because you said that you kind of quickly at a certain point realized that we wasn't really doing it for you but you had a love for beer so i'm assuming that it wasn't just the taste i'm sure even though you acquired that taste but what was it about the beer and the liquor and the alcohol for you that gave you kind of like the, the 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 confidence to kind of face that shyness or the strength to kind of, you know, move through the world with this, this substance that, you know, now probably in retrospect, you look at it and, th- and say to yourself, it probably was more than a, of a crutch than anything else. Right. Right. Now um, <laughs> this is,
1: I, I used to watch wrestling a lot. I don't watch it at all now, but I used to watch it. And then um, I used to see Stone Cold Steve Austin coming out to the ring and uh, he would be drinking beers all like this. And then, Somebody in the crowd would throw them some more beers and everything. And I would think that was so cool. So, you know, I was like, man, I'm, <laughs> when I get out, I'm going to start drinking beers like that. And, you know, while I was be out in the club or whatever uh, type of social event, I would grab about two bottles of beer and walk around, double fisting, you know, doing like that. And, you know, uh, the reason why a lot of people do drink is because it, they feel like it gives them liquid courage. Mm-hmm. You know, they feels like it. uh Uh, brings out their personality um and so that's why I was drinking as well I believed in that lie that okay um if I drink I'm gonna be I'm gonna have more fun I'm gonna be more social and uh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna do things that I would not do which is probably would sit at a table or not get out on the dance floor Um, I'm gonna drink some beer and that's going to give me the motivation, the courage that I need to go out there on the dance floor or do, you know, whatever the case may be. And so I was, I I drunk beer because I believed that it was going to give me like this, this, it gave me this false sense of confidence. Like, oh yeah, I got this beer in me now. I got to have my beer muscles and everything. So I was ready to, <laughs> to showcase, uh, you know, my personality. Um, but Of course, that never lasted because when the high wore off, you know, I had to get some more beer so I could feel that um, that high again. Mm -hmm. But there's never after that initial high. uh, The more, regardless of the amount of of beers that I continued to drink, it was nothing like the initial high. But I would have to continue to drink in order to keep a high, and so um, you know that definitely got old. Um, over time as I grew older, um, the smoking weed, I never really got anything. I just did that to try and fit in with the so-called cool kids. I really never got anything out of it. I didn't really like the way it smelled and how it stayed in my clothes. Um, and so I felt like after I graduated high school, I was, I was good. I I, let me stop smoking weed because, Hey, I ain't like it anyway. but it was just like the alcohol. I mean, you hear about alcohol in songs all the time. Uh just the other day I heard Jamie Foxx's song Blaming on the A- 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 Alcohol. Right. Uh, they used to be damn, used to motivate me to want to go out and sure. drink and have some fun. Um and uh also there's this like country song, this country song out called uh ain't nothing that a beer can't fix, ain't no pain you can wash away. Right. <laughs> so and I know that's a lie myself as a former beer drinker, because beer gave me a lot of issues, you know, from um you know marital issues to uh, um developing physical issues to you know developing a beer right. belly. And then, you know, now we've got this popular song out by Beyoncé, um cuff up the night you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's a jam. It's the jam. It makes me want to get up and dance, but it does not make me want to, uh, go drink or anything, but I can, music has a powerful influence on, uh, individuals and how it makes them want to go out and drink and, uh, you know, have a good time. And, you know, it, it promotes the, the lie as well, you know, that, Hey, in order to have fun, you need to drink. And, um, So, of course, you know, like um, the Super Bowl is coming up this weekend as well. Uh, And a lot of individuals, they feel as though they can't watch uh, the big game without alcohol. Uh, You know, this is like we've been unconsciously conditioned to believe, hey, we need some alcohol. if We want to have some fun. You know, this is this is going to really make this event even more fun. Um, But the truth is, you know, you don't you don't need that stuff to have fun. You don't need liquid courage. You just need to have the audacity to believe in yourself. And eventually I got to the point to where I was like, okay, man, I used to look down <laughs> and saw a beer belly. And uh, I was like, I got to do something about this.
0: I always said to yourself, this this is not even me. Yeah. You know, At a certain point, you're looking at yourself <laughs> saying, this is not even me or the, the vision of me that you know, that I that I believe to be true. I, I I have a question. I mean, I mean, you know, it's crazy because you went from, you know, you referenced kind of hanging out, going to the club and drinking, and then kind of fast forward your story to the point where you're stashing empty beer cans, mm-hmm. you know, in your truck and, you know, in your closet. I mean, that's a tr- that's a progression, right? That's a serious kind of negative, you know, slope that you that you were on. And obviously yeah, I know. I mean, I'm I'm married. I got kids myself, and I and I recognize the implications that you know that has on you. You know, showing up, you know, as a black man, we want to be able to show up for our families, right? We want to be, you know, we want to be the partners that 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 you know that that are respectful. We want to be, you know, the the dads that you know that our kids can look to and look up to. And it's really hard to do that when you know that in the back of the, your mind, you have a stash of empty beer, you know, beer bottles and cans in your car and you got to go kind of clear it out because the recycling's coming tomorrow. You know, that that's kind of a, a a trip for sure. I am curious, though, you had this kind of like, it sounds like almost like an epiphany moment where at, you went out to your car one day to take a drink and it just didn't taste right to you. And it sounds like a lot of that was kind of built up by a lot of the reading that you were doing and learning more about what what imp- impact alcohol has on your body. Would you mind sharing some of those kind of resources that you turned to in trying to read up and educate yourself on what you were doing to yourself yes. that brought you to a space to say, hey, you know what? I need to do some things differently here. This is Absolutely. not meshing. Yeah, you yeah I, I
1: took am. the initiative. For the longest, I procrastinated with taking the initiative to do my research on the damaging effects of alcohol, because I knew that if I did this, it would definitely have a great influence on me, and I would be like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta stop doing this, you know, it'll be a moment of realization for me. Um, But I eventually got to that point, and the more I did research on it on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, it just all sunk in one day and you know as I continued to absorb the information uh, of the damaging effects uh while drinking at the same time and then the more I would drink the more I would think about what I read and was like oh man so it's like okay that all of those uh the information that I was absorbing it finally um came over the uh, my desire to drink beer and it uh definitely inspired me to okay get to a point to to be like, why am I being so loyal to this ineffective routine of drinking beer? Uh, And I saw how it was damaging um, relationships. I was affecting me physically. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't like that. I got to a point to where it was like, I had to take a stand for myself. You know, so many of us, we go through our whole lives not taking a stand for ourselves. And transforming our lives for the better. And I wanted to, you know, stop being so weak-willed and weak-minded. And uh, you know, like I said earlier, I felt I uh, uh, became so disgusted with this weak and pathetic version of myself that depended on something that was so toxic to my well-being. All of that information I absorbed, it just came over me on November the first, and 2020, and it made all the sense in the world for me to stop being loyal to this ineffective routine because it's serving it, it has it was no longer serving me i outgrew it so i figured that uh you know hey this is the moment where you take back your power and start living a uh start figuring out ways you can live a purpose-filled alcohol-free life so that's when i started taking the uh, cold showers and uh, got into public speaking and um facing my fear of heights and of water and man
0: so you you were basically saying you know what i'm just going to throw myself at as much discomfort as possible Mm -hmm. and you know and change myself myself and how i interact with the world from the inside out
1: you know do what that's what scares me because that's only challenge causes growth only challenge will test your skills and make you better and i want it to become better so many of us are addicted to doing what's easy it's easy to continue to drink beer and all of that stuff because you know you you're able to fit in with the crowd and, and all that other nonsense. But what's difficult is uh taking the initiative to stop drinking. You know, it's it's uh it's quite admirable uh for a person to stop doing what it seems like everyone else around you is committed to doing. Uh and that takes a great deal of courage. Um and for that reason anybody should be proud of themselves. Um You know, because that's that's a great feat to accomplish. Uh, So yeah, it's it's great, man. Um, You know, even coming on the podcast, you know, i I get (laughs) I get nervous coming on your podcast tonight.
0: Well, no no reason to be nervous on this podcast, man. We're we're all friends here, Uh, so feel free to let your hair down if you if you want. Um, I I I wanted to ask you though, you know, and I love you know how you've kind of you know taken ownership and. You know again everybody's journey is different so I, I just really want to kind of get in a little bit more into yours as you were kind of pursuing you know this step in November of 2020 into a space of sobriety you know throwing yourself into uncomfortable situations what did what did kind of like your support system look like in making that was that something that you kind of expressed to your wife outright you say you know what sweetheart mm-hmm. you're absolutely right I do have a problem these, I got to change some things, you know, bear with me here. I'm just curious. Cause I know for me, you know, and part of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because for folks of color that I, I just didn't have easy access to a lot of the support where I could have conversations where I could even be comfortable talking about right. some of my own struggles. So I'm curious, what did your kind of like, what did your, what did that kind of near in hug look like for you where you felt comfortable to pursue all of these things that were extremely uncomfortable for you in addition to the, to looking away and, and moving away in another direction from Well from the beer I, I and told my wife a uh, couple of times that
1: while I was drinking that I was going to stop drinking you know but I kept me- breaking that promise. Um so mm-hmm. that had enough influence on me to uh stop drinking as well. Um I also uh my my wife was definitely uh very supportive of me. Um she's been down for me and uh, encouraging me to stop and better myself uh in that way and also i had joined this um facebook group uh it's called uh, i've got the name of it anyway it's a facebook uh group where a lot of individuals share their uh sober journey and uh you know and you know i was on there as well and i started sharing my story and people were like uh, uh and i i was getting a lot of reactions from my posts and people they were really inspired from it and um uh, you know, they were, it was like, Hey, maybe you should, uh, you know, start your own, uh, page or something because, um, you are doing a great job at it. And, you know, aside from reading other people's stories and journeys, uh, that made all the sense in the world to me. And, um, uh, you know, so I figured after I got to about like a year of sobriety, I stayed in that group to about like a year to about my, I reached my one year milestone. And then, so mm-hmm. that's when I branched out and said, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna start my own social media sober inspiration type of thing. And so uh, that's what I did. I uh, on Facebook first, and then um, I went to Instagram. And also, I got uh, I'm on YouTube as well. I'm currently trying to grow uh, all of those um, social media outlets. Um, so, but yeah, I. I after i got out of uh i left that group that i was in on facebook because i felt like okay i i got this thing now i mean i have what it takes to uh, inspire others to uh live a purpose-filled alcohol-free life and you know i'm gonna give it my all and because this it's something that i'm passionate about so you know mm-hmm. um i definitely want to inspire others to uh stop drinking and, and start living a purpose-filled alcohol-free life because life is too short to just give up on yourself, you know, and just play the victim.
0: There's, there's definitely something about interacting with others openly and unapologetically when it comes to, you know, creating spaces of accountability for yourself, right? Like, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've been following you on Instagram for some time now. um, And for those of you who who don't, we'll, we'll share Keith's handle later on, but very inspiring, and and I think that you know by putting yourself out there at a, at such a high frequency, you know some I think you post you post a couple times a week at least from what I see. I mean, you're holding yourself accountable, right? Like you can't have a sober inspiration page if you are you know resorting to the, your truck to you know down a couple you know cans of beer. So it doesn't work like that. So I think that that you know that's huge. Um, what what do you, did you have any kind of obstacles? you know, that were, that made it challenging for you? I mean, it seems like you just kind of got to a place where you had an aversion to, to, to the beer, mm-hmm. but were, were there challenges in you kind of finding, it sounds like you also you were, were finding other activities to involve yourself in, but I'm just curious, what were some of the obstacles in your early days? Because, I mean, you said you felt good at about a, the year point, right? Mm-hmm. But that leads me to believe that there was probably about a year there where, it, it, you know, you wanted to be a little, a lot closer to it and make sure that you were nurturing that that sobriety did you have any obstacles within that that um that you had to kind of double down on your on your intention um to kind of move in that path of, of being right. uh, self-empowered
1: actually um my um the most difficult moment was the first seven days that first uh sunday through saturday was the most challenging for me because of the cravings mm. and, you know and also that was the first seven days that i was going through of not Drinking every day.
0: Well, how long do you, were you drinking? Where you never really strung together seven days of not drinking. I know you said you had a short stint yeah. where you weren't you weren't drinking, but outside of that, I mean, you, how how long were you drinking? You know, consistently before you had seven days oh, trying again. to get away from it. <laughs>
1: it was the minute.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I kept you know. So I kept was, the drinking. I kept. I had to keep drinking the beer uh because, um but but during those first seven days, it was. uh I was dealing with the cravings and, and learning how to um navigate through uh the the habits that um mm-hmm. need to drink. You know, a lot of people I, I used to like to uh drink a beer when I get in from work or something. or uh, you can say that would help me to relax. And then, you know, I got to a point where I was like, oh, that's crazy. I don't need to drink a beer to relax, you know, so <laughs> you know, so yeah. I, you know, got more into um working out, uh also um you know absorbing more information to where i can be i can absorb and become more of an inspiration to others um uh, but it's like honestly the first 7 days of not drinking beer i figured i knew that i would uh have to navigate myself through it and also because i was challenging myself taking cold showers started out that was the first thing i started doing taking cold showers you know and that would help me to um create some mental toughness uh and i feel like if i can overcome you know cold showers then i would be able if i were to get a um a urge to a craving or something that would be a breeze because of my going through that cold shower routine right. and that's exactly that's the reason why i started taking cold showers to, be, to develop some uh mental toughness and it would help me to de- develop like. Uh, your body gets under a certain amount of stress when you're in the cold and cold shower. The cold water's hitting your body and everything. It's a shock to your system. And, um, and the first time I did that, man, I was hyperventilating like crazy. But the more I did it, mm-hmm. the uh, more of my body adjusted to it. And, you know, I was able to take it with ease. I take it every day. Um, I feel like that definitely helped me uh, to deal with cravings or any other type of... Uh, Thoughts about drinking because it felt like it con- I conditioned myself to be like, okay, you know, I got. I conditioned myself okay. that, that um I was convinced that drinking was uh, not the way to go. I was before I was mm-hmm. convinced that hey, I needed beer, but now when I got to a certain point, I convinced myself that I know I don't need this mess. So it's it's like hey, I'm getting older, older now. Um, you know, I got more responsibilities. Uh, you know, I can't drink. Like I used to when I was in my 20s. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll be 45 on the 19th of this month. So I can't keep drinking. Now, a lot of people, they drink. They're in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. And they drink like they're still in their 20s, you know, and they're developing health issues because of all this drinking and everything. Uh, many people fail to realize that their bodies are not what it used to be when you were in your 20s. Um, can't, you can't even eat the same foods you used to eat without you gaining weight and yeah, cholesterol um, rising. And, you know, so it's like, it's a no brainer. If you can't eat the same foods the way you used to eat, but, you know, and it not affecting your physique because your 28 year old physique was 20 uh, something year old physique was able to bounce back and you were able to recover uh, to where now, you know, I'm in my 30s or 40s or whoever. Uh, and it affects them differently now. You know, they got all kinds yeah. of health issues and and gaining weight and stuff like that. And, and you know, it's it's it should get to a certain point of someone's life to realize for them to realize, okay, man, I gotta stop doing this. I, it's no longer serving me. It's no longer serving me. I mean, yeah. I look like a completely different person. Well, where all this weight come from? You know, where all these health issues come from? It's because you won't uh, quit drinking alcohol. Um, I saw this meme on uh, Facebook not too long ago where uh, it says, uh, where it has this um, man cutting out um, alcohol, the word alcohol, from a piece of paper. And the uh, um, word says, um, the doctor told me to cut out alcohol. So he's like, he's like physically sitting there with the scissors in his hand, cutting out the word
0: alcohol. And <laughs> So like, yeah, it's, uh, it's like it's funny, but it's not funny, yeah, right? Yeah. At the same time, yeah,
1: I was like, "He, he, hell, you, the doctor uh tell you to stop drinking. You better stop drinking."
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and chances are, he probably didn't even share with the doctor how much he, in fact, was actually drinking. So if he's got to, yeah. you know, cut it down, he certainly does. I I wanted to um, you you mentioned earlier, you know, that you you know you had your daughter, and I was and just being a father myself. I wanted to to hear, you know, from you, if any, how has it kind of changed your ability to to parent the way that you that you want to and, you know, be a father to your daughter the way that you are today versus maybe. Yeah, you know, well, I'm three more present
1: uh, and, you know, in those special moments like Christmas, like, uh, you know, birthdays, I'm not sneaking out to the to my truck of car and getting some beer and missing out on um, things that I should be there for. Like my daughter opening a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or something like that. I'm not out in the driveway of my home drinking beers. I'm inside, being fully present, being engaging with my family. Uh, you know, and opening, helping them open presents, and I'm opening presents, and uh, you know, just make the most of that beautiful moment. You know, and that's what sobriety is all about. That's the beauty of sobriety is when you are, you know, fully engaged. Uh, As opposed to sneaking away, like going to drink in my car or someone drinking till they pass out and they miss everything because they were drunk. You know, life is too short to waste it drunk. You know, it goes by so fast. And um, I think a lot of people should realize this. They realize the the more you waste time getting drunk, the more valuable time you lose to transforming your life for the better. Because, you know... We all are going to get to a point in our lives. I I um, I want to get to the, uh, I don't want to get to the end of my life and look back over my life and see a, a life uh, full of regrets. I want to be, look, be able to look back over my life and see a life fulfilled, you know. I want to be able to look back over my life and be like, I'm so grateful I've done that. I did that. Instead of looking back over my life and saying, man, I wish I had done that. You know, by, by that time, If you are in your final moments in this world, it'll be too late. You can't turn back the hands of time. So, you know, you got to seize the moment right here and now. Uh, And and like I said, take a stand for yourself. Take a stand for your life. Because time goes by so fast. You know, we owe it to ourselves to become the very best versions of ourselves. Many people don't realize uh, how valuable time is until they uh, get a bad doctor's report or a a loved one dies or something like this. And then at that very moment, that's when they realize it hits them. (gasps) Oh, what, they died? died? I can't believe it. You know, waste all this time drinking. I mean, you gotta seize the moment. Don't procrastinate. Transform your life for the better while you still have time. You know, and so I definitely, um, of course uh, a person uh, their family can encourage them to uh, stop drinking. You know, they can go. The family of a per, of an addict could have an intervention for the family member, and they could even encourage the family member to go to rehab. And uh, the family member goes to rehab for 30 days. Then he comes back out drinking again. Of course, but uh, well, the reason he doesn't, he did that, or he or she does that, is because uh they did it just to appease their family members. It wasn't something that they would have took the initiative steps on their own to do. And so that's why a lot of uh I have a family member that did that. Um and so you know he continued the uh the cycle of uh drinking in spite of him going to uh rehab and getting help and it's it's so unfortunate because it's like this family member knows all of the damaging effects that's taking place on uh, his family, his uh, son and his wife, but yet it's like he can't break the hold of this this addiction. I mean, he knows this is bad for him. Yet Mm -hmm. he continues to uh, do it, you know, and I continue to be there to support him and encourage him um, in hopes that uh, he will uh, one day get to a point in his life to realize, okay, they're right. Everybody's right. You know, everything sinks in. All of the information that he heard, that he took in from, uh, um, you know, the intervention to being at the treatment center for 30 days. All of that, in hopes, all of that will sink in one day, and you know, he take a stand for his life and transform his life for the better. But you know, um, someone really has to dig deep in order to um, make this thing work. To you really have to dig deep and believe in yourself. Of course, it's gonna be challenging, but the only challenge causes growth. You know?
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it's the old adage where, you know, you kind of got to get to a place where you're, you know, you're doing it for yourself, you know, so that ultimately that healing can then ripple out to those around you. And not to say that, you know, you're not taking them into consideration, but if you're not ready to make that call um, for yourself, it's really difficult to to push through and sustain yourself through that journey. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, to your point earlier, like your everyone's story is, is different. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to jump in them cold showers, you know, if you weren't doing it for yourself, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't have been able to, you know, to, to, you know, be vulnerable, you know, and, you know, and be outspoken on various platforms and, you know, probably even in your personal life if you weren't doing it for yourself. So I think that that you know, a lot of and and it's just and I've experienced in my own my own journeys. Like it's really challenging getting to a place where you start putting your own your own first, you first, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to you know others first. And you, even though you're seeing the pain that you're you're causing, what oftentimes folks don't see is the pain that they're causing themselves, mm-hmm. right? And to be able to take that step back and 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 make that move. Um, I have I have a couple more questions that I want to ask you, just as kind of we're closing this this thing out here. Um, you know, one is a little, a little bit of a softball. The other one, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more of a fastball. But question I have is that I like to ask folks, and and this really is on the back of you know just watching things you know happening in the broader space around people's mental health and well-being. But this specifically as it relates to alcohol, I feel like in in communities of color, we oftentimes uh, are not you know quote unquote airing our dirty laundry. You know what I mean? Or being very vocal with people, you know, who are close to us, maybe people who are around us about when we're struggling. So my question to you is, you know, in those more challenging days where you were kind of, you, you know, when you were sneaking, you know, your your bottles around, where you were kind of drinking behind closed doors and not being, you know, open with, you know, with the, with your loved ones, um, you know, if you had you have not come clean at some point in time, how would they have known that you were not OK?
1: Um, well, my wife would have continued to find into beer cans and bottles oh, yeah that's that's a pretty
0: that 's a pretty clear indication but outside of that
1: yeah uh, you know I guess just my just going away at the um, at the spur of moment, you know like uh say for example, my family and I would be uh watching a movie or something in the living room now all of a sudden I get up and you know go outside you know they're wondering, okay, oh you might be going in there to go get going to go get a beer or something again um you know so situations like that um also uh they probably probably would I I often would communicate with my wife open up with her about uh you know some of the challenges that I've had mm-hmm. as far as drinking is concerned and um you know because there were there were times you know to where I would uh, say some things that I would regret mm-hmm. um and because of that uh you know, she would tell me uh, what I said and, and how, how it made her feel or something like that. And, uh, you know, that definitely was an eye opener for me. And, um, you know, it was even more of a motivator for me to, uh, you know, step back and take a look at myself and, and my situation, my uh, beer drinking habit. Um, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm more present. I'm not dipping away to spur of the moment. Uh, for no reason. Uh, because, uh, they eventually realized it and, uh, they knew that's what I was doing. Yeah. Uh, find me out in the car drinking some beer.
0: Yeah. You can't, you can't hide it. I mean, especially the ones that love us. I mean, they may not necessarily feel comfortable bringing it to our attention because, you know, we're agitated or, you know, we'll dismiss it or whatever the case may be, but they know, right. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't disguise that forever. Um, Right. Appreciate that. Last question for those who are listening, you know, maybe they're, you know, on the edge or have identified that maybe they have an issue themselves. You know, they want to make some change, uh, but they just don't necessarily know what their first step would be. What would you, what would you suggest to that, to that person who's just like, you know, what? I don't even know where to start. What, what would you tell them, Keith?
1: I would tell them to uh, challenge yourself to go a day without drinking. You know, baby steps count too. Mm-hmm. If you can make it a day, you can make it two days. Um, and if you can make it two days, then you can make it a whole week. Uh, people um forget that they have faced and overcome so many challenges within their life. Uh, whether it's feeding their family, putting food on the table, or um, um bouncing back from a, a life-threatening um act, car accident or something like that. Um, a lot of us. Already have things that we can reflect back on and be like, okay Well, I came through that so I do have it in me to overcome something a challenge of any form of fashion Um, So if I can do that I can overcome this challenge of of this destructive drinking cycle that I have you know, you really have to uh, I believe a person really definitely has to uh, find at least an ounce of self-love and respect for themselves um, because if you when you find that there's no way you will continue to um, con- continue doing such a destructive habit such as drinking. And so I would say, hey, challenge yourself to not drink and, and do some research like I did on the, the damaging effects alcohol can have on your life as a whole, your well-being. Uh, it's going to you have to take the initiative for yourself to do this. Take the initiative for yourself. Take a stand for your life and do the research and, you know, challenge yourself to become better so that you don't remain in this bitter place. You owe it to yourself um, to to grow. You owe it to yourself to grow, Yes. because you don't want to continue to procrastinate because you're losing valuable time. And you, you, like I said earlier, you definitely don't want to get to the end of your life and see a life full of regrets. Uh so many people live their whole lives in fear. Then they get to the end of their life and realize they, have, they never really lived, You know, so um, I strongly encourage anyone to challenge yourself. because That's the only way you're going to grow. Challenge yourself to not dream. Challenge yourself to become better and do better so you can make your world better. Yeah. You got to challenge yourself. That's it. You, you just have to buckle down, take a stand for your life and challenge yourself to be the best version of yourself and you will and the more you continue to drink because the more you continue to drink the, the, the worse your life will become so you got to stop being so weak and and you know develop some mental toughness uh, you can also do what I did you know if you have a fear of heights uh, or water or public speaking do something that's good that you're afraid of that's gonna definitely encourage you to that's gonna definitely make you stronger you're going to truly see how strong you really are because, you know, when you do something like facing your fear of heights, uh, like in an amusement park, there's a carowinds here in, uh, and I live in Greensboro, but there's a carowinds in Charlotte that my family and I have season passes to. Um, and every time we go there, I look to challenge myself, uh, to overcome my fear of heights. And it's like the long lines. Like when I get in a long line, I realize, those fearful thoughts are coming to me. And uh, it's like the the self-doubt creeps in. It's making me, you know, I start thinking, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this because that's going to be pretty high and uh, something might go wrong to where, you know, uh, 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 I would end up on a six o'clock news or something because of death or something like that. You know, all those fearful thoughts come in while you're in that long line waiting to get on that ride. But you got to Push through. I have to push through those fearful thoughts because that's what's holding me back. So I get on a a ride like uh, Top Gun or something, and uh, you know, of course, I'm I'm feeling the fear, but yet I'm doing it anyway, getting on that um, that ride. And then when it's all said and done, you know, I'm proud of myself. Uh, I, <laughs> it's just a beautiful moment. Those brief seconds of that I get from challenging myself. It makes all the sense in the world. It's a game changer. And I believe more people should uh, take the initiative to challenge themselves because that's it. That's how you're going to grow. Yeah. Challenge yourself, yourself to not drink. Challenge yourself to do something that scares you. And that not drinking probably could be that um, thing that scares you.
0: <laughs> but do it. Yeah. Do it. There's definitely
1: that's the only way to better.
0: I was going to say, there's definitely, um, you know, confidence in flexing, in, in working those muscles around doing things that are uncomfortable. And if there's anything that I've learned in this process is that, in, in, in speaking with the folks that I've that I've been able to had the pleasure of speaking with, is that we are all capable of doing really, really hard things that at some point seem, you know, insurmountable for us, you know, unfathomable for us. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, you know, in, in closing, I want to make sure that folks can can find you. Uh, you know, where where can they find Keith these days on your platforms? Okay,
1: follow Sober Inspiration by Keith Williamson on Facebook, Sober Inspiration by Keith Williamson on Instagram, and on YouTube. I'm trying to uh, definitely increase my uh, followers, so uh, I would greatly appreciate it if you all that are listening to this will uh,
0: go and follow me. Cool. Well, look, Keith is, as I said, he's full of inspiration. He's got a great, uh, a great sensibility about himself and on, on Instagram. And for someone who, you know, who describes himself as once being a shy man, he definitely puts himself out there on his social platform. So, you know, reach out, you know, give him a, give him a like, give him a follow. Um, Keith, I really do appreciate you spending some time with us today. And uh, I'm sure we'll be connected uh, in the future. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for listening to the Stacking Days podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, email me at rdg at com or follow us on Instagram at days. If you like the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and by all means, share it with a friend who you think needs to be invited into the conversation. Until we meet again, be well one day at a time.